0: The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Your host is Bernard E. Robinson. Bernard and his guests foster in-depth discussions about leadership— You'll find this program a powerfully engaging platform for great conversations about leadership and leadership learning. Now, here is your host, Bernard Robinson.
1: Good morning, and welcome to the Leadership Forum. I'm your host, Bernard Robinson, and thank you for joining me this morning. I'd also like to welcome my guest today. Uh, today's show, we have a guest, Ms. Monica Green, who is the founder and executive director of Capitol Village Schools. Capital Village Schools is a new network of micro schools with a relentless commitment to student-centered learning. She's working with her team to open a middle school serving 156th through 8th grade students in Washington, D.C. by the fall of 2019. Monica, welcome to the Leadership Forum.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, you're more than welcome. So happy that you joined me this morning. Today's show is the teacher as leader, leading those who need it most. Most of you who are listening probably know that we're in an era where school systems are struggling to find ways to boost student achievement. Educators and school systems all across this nation are seeking innovative approaches to provide the leadership needed to serve the community of student learners and the communities throughout a host of methods and approaches in and through thousands of charter schools. One of those innovations is Capital Village Schools. Monica, that is why I was excited to, uh, to invite you and to talk with you and to have you uh, share with myself and our listeners uh, a picture of the work that you and your school are going to be doing. To begin our conversation, I'd like to ask you about your vision for educating one of the most important human resources we will ever have. And that's our children. First of all, let me ask you to tell uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and where your educational vision for Capital Village Schools came from. Let's let's start with setting that as a platform so everyone can kind of cue in with us and get engaged in our conversation. Definitely.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I, you know, I've come to this work with 14 years of experience as a teacher, teaching mostly middle school English classes, uh, mostly eighth grade students, and just having a love for teaching and a love for my students. I've actually also was able to spend some time coordinating a program called AVID, which is a school improvement type program. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've often run against sort of feeling limited in my ability to engage my students due to, like, the pacing of my curriculum or Mm -hmm. the schedule that the school has set or the focus on testing or other assessment measures, and so... I've been using my graduate schooling to kind of investigate and design envision a more student-centered way of reaching students. Mm-hmm. I'm currently writing a dissertation for my PhD and I'm focusing a lot on innovative blended learning models, how to use technology to really reach and differentiate instruction for kids. Mm-hmm. And so you know, working with the team to try to envision a way where students can come in and really get their needs met but also feel engaged and feel like the education is relevant.
1: Good deal, good deal.
2: Sto- I often tell a story about a student that I had in eighth-, in eighth grade class, and she was a very smart child, but she never came to school. She was always skipping class, always skipping school, and one day I actually was able to corner her and talk to her a little bit. And, you know, I asked her, like, why why aren't you coming to school? What's going on? And, you know, she mentioned something like, you know, school is stupid. It doesn't have anything to do with real life, and it's not about, like, what I really need to learn. She made a comment, like, I need to learn how to pay a mortgage and balance my checkbook i don't need to learn about you know when george washington was born and you know that really struck me about how frustrated she sounded about how she was spending her school day and you know we didn't actually see her much after that she sort of stopped coming to school and i just wondered you know how we could have better engaged her and better motivated her
1: well, you know, I think what what, what is interesting with, with what you said, it sounds like you were really not only curious, but wanting to be responsive to mm-hmm. what you saw as a child struggling. I also am am uh, impressed with the notion that you began to see that the model that you had to use, that schools have to use, that is the schedule and all of the different parameters within, within which you have to operate, sometimes didn't allow you to be as innovative as you'd like to have been. And if I'm hearing that right, it sounds like that could have been one of the motivations for your looking for, as well as your graduate studies as well, a different way. Uh, the whole notion of the blended learning approach is one that's quite relevant now because of all of the technology. So the vision that you, you begin to create as it perhaps evolved from Just not just this student, because there are probably hundreds of students like her, but was this what fostered this educational vision for Capital Village Schools, and how did it evolve? How did you come to the vision that you have to find a way to do it differently, to uh, educate folks, perhaps young folks, a little differently? Where did that vision come from, and what excites you about your new endeavor?
2: So, you know, a lot of it came from talking to students. One of the things that I was blessed to be a part of was 4.0 Schools, which is a, it's a, a venture, sort of a, a innovative incubator for educational institutions and businesses. And one okay. of the things that they helped me with was really focusing on the user, really focusing on who the experience of the student, the experience mm-hmm. of the parent. And so interviewing students and interviewing parents really brought up the issues of like autonomy, wanting to have a say in their education, wanting to see relevance in their education, and and really wanting to have like the relationships that Mm -hmm, help mm -hmm. students to feel nurtured and a part of a community. And my experience as a teacher and speaking to other educators, we were able to sort of hone in on the fact that first, school is too big. Like, the, an average public school system has hundreds of schools and hundreds of sort of smaller organizations to sort of manage, and when you're trying to manage a huge district, it's a lot harder to encourage creativity, to cur- encourage innovation, and to encourage teachers to take risks and to try new things because you're trying to also focus on quality and that leads you to sort of try to standardize everything. So one of the things about Capital early Schools that we did was we really tried to scale down the educational um, institution. So we're trying to create small schools of 150 students, 50 students per grade level, and have, them, have each school be sort of a small community where students can grow and learn, but also the teachers can have more room to try new things and to yeah. lead as a teacher or as a curriculum designer because everything is not so to scale. That was one of the things that we saw.
1: Well, it sounds, it sounds like uh, you've taken really a, um, what would be considered perhaps uh, and a model from the time in the past where small schools mm-hmm. were what, in fact, you had, but try to bring it with some degree of uh, sophistication into the current time. I, I wanted to, to, to say that as I look at the words and listen to the, what, what, what you're describing, the whole notion of relevance, mm-hmm. the whole notion of autonomy. The whole notion of relationships, and of course, in this particular uh, endeavor, as I work through the forum, one of the things I talk about all the time in terms of leadership is leadership is all about relationships, and in fact, that's what really drives uh, the the relationship between students and teachers, and between followers and leaders. But let me let me get I can go there quickly with leadership because I love it, but I want to <laughs> stay stay on on point with you and I wanna really focus on getting a good feel and getting everyone else a good feel for the work that you're doing. Okay. You know, in today's program, I noted that not only is teaching a noble profession, but also that it's an important platform for the concept of the teacher's leader. You see, my belief is that the teacher has a powerful role and it's a powerful platform, and that it allows a teacher, if he or she understands the role of leader, to essentially impart that model in front of her students who uh, she, can, she or he can make a great impact on, uh, on them and on their lives. In your literature, you also noted that a part of the motivation for the capital village schools was born out of your view of the urgent need to rethink what is called this disconnected one-size-fits-all status quo of traditional education. I wanted to get you to share a little bit of what your perspectives were and what this statement really means, because I think it's, it's reflective of a larger uh, need for the educational uh, endeavor. So tell us a little bit what you meant when you said the urgent need to rethink this disconnect. You began to, I think, unpack that a minute ago, but I want mm-hmm. to get you to go a little bit further and tell us what, what that term, what those words really mean.
2: Well, the vision of Capital Village Schools is really to try to redesign the school experience. And we want to redesign it into one where all students, no matter what background, no matter what circumstance they're coming from, they're able to be propelled to be moved towards either college, career, or whatever they're, just to be successful in life. And one of the things that we're doing this with is something called personalized learning. Personalized learning means that we're going to look at each student as they come to the door, get a really good sense of their needs, of their ambitions, of their goals, of what works for them as a learner, um, and, and try to customize an experience just for them. Now, what we normally see with traditional education looks just a a lot like what it's looked in years past, where, you know, everyone is sort of coming into the classroom, sitting down, and there's one teacher in front of the classroom who is teaching a lesson to everyone in the same manner. Most Mm -hmm. likely, what the teacher is doing is trying to sort of teach to the middle, teach to what will be the average learner in that classroom so that, right. you know, the most number of students possible can get right. something out of the, the lesson. Right. But what the happens she, that- a lot of time is you have students who are ahead of that process that are either disengaged or bored or just not tuning in. And then you have students who are way below that average or that middle that are trying hard to catch up but can't. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to use technology and also just a more open, flexible type schedule in order to reach each student individually and move them throughout the course of the year.
1: I want to yeah. I want to th- jump jump in here because one of the things that I'm excited about as I'm listening to you describe this is, you know, you, everyone's familiar as, as you are with this bell-shaped curve. Yeah. And the bell-shaped curve that we're talking about sounds very much that like you have it in mind, but essentially to not leave those edges off and not, if you will, leave those who are, are really beyond uh, the middle uh, aside and, and unattended to and bored perhaps and leave those who are struggling to get to the middle uh, left out as well. I'm excited about the notion and the model, if you will, of personalized learning. In in my work, we, we do what's called needs assessments. And the client calls, we try to figure out what is it that's really needed. So the idea of personalized and experiential are really key in different constructs because most of the time, I would agree with you, when the students come, you kind of all want to fit them all into the same uh, line, if you will. So that's an interesting thing. Interestingly enough, as well, your thinking is consistent with, with thinking of others. Uh, for example, the, uh, the, the mayor of Chicago, uh, Ron Emanuel, Ron Emmanuel, he's argued that the K through 12 education model of the 20th century is outdated. He, he stated that in a June uh, article of diverse uh, issues in higher education that I was reading. So it, it sounds like your thinking and the thinking you have for your students is in fact innovative. And in fact, uh, it, it'll be wonderful to see how it unfolds because if you're looking at a young person coming into the school system and you're seeing, I'm looking at you as an individual, I'm looking at your needs and I'm wanting to customize something that works for you. That is uh, that is wonderful. That is also perhaps non traditional. So I see where that thought of the non of the traditional education model uh, is broken a little bit by the methods that you intend to use for the students at Capital Village Schools.
2: And to
1: to
2: piggyback off of what you said is you know other people are sort of thinking along the same way. I'm actually a part of a cohort. Of City Bridge Education, which is a major, major uh, influencer of uh, school innovation here in DC, and so I'm actually a part of a group of leaders, school leaders, who are working to try to figure out um, innovative models for personalizing instruction for students, and also for just creating equity across, you know, across the student experience for students, and then also working with uh, New Schools Venture Fund, which is we're sort of in a design camp where we're looking at what the, what we're finding out from the user, and then translating that into a school design process, Good deal. Uh, which has Good deal. been really exciting for me to be a part of a group of people who are all thinking the same way, and also those who've kind of gone before us mm-hmm. in this work, so that you know they've kind of paved the way and seen the things that you know that I will need to know and, um, and, and work towards, so that I'm not a, you know, we're not alone in this particular yeah. process.
1: Yeah. That's terrific. That's terrific. You know, I'm I'm envisioning this uh, this think tank, if you will, and I'm 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 always excited about creative thinking and creative problem solving. So uh, I'm just hopeful as you guys grow and figure this out. That you come out with something that's such a beautiful model. Now, one of the things that I want to ask you and it has to do with your philosophy of education in general, and I know that you're mm-hmm. studying and and how. That philosophy relates to the vision you have for Capital Village Schools. We have a couple of minutes before we go to a uh, break. But what is your philosophy of education, and how does it relate to this vision you have uh, for Capital Village Schools? And we'll we'll try to get as much of that in before the break, and we'll pick up whatever we miss after the break. So share us a little bit. What is your philosophy of education? Yeah,
2: sure. Okay. So I, one of the things that I truly believe is that learning should be real. Learning should be anchored in like real world experience and real products for real audiences. So this kind of gets at what my student was saying to me and even exactly. in that conversation with her, she knows she did not see a connection between her everyday actual life and how she was living outside of the school walls with what's happening in the school walls. And this is something that I hear all the time from students. They see school as being something disconnected, something mm-hmm. that'
1: Irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Well, you know that I'm excited about. Yeah, go right in. I don't want to cut you off, but I'm I'm excited to know how that filtered into your vision for Capitol Village Schools.
2: Right. And so, one of the things that we'll offer in Capitol Village Schools will be uh, expeditionary learning, which means courses that are based on real-world experience and also partnerships with like businesses and community organizations that Mm -hmm. bring the learning into the real world. So an example of a course that a student might take would be something like social justice, where we Mm -hmm. would blend standards from English and social studies, but we would anchor the work in a social justice project. So there's a lot of obviously good content from what's happening today in our world as
1: students. Yep. We're, com- we're coming up on a break, but I want to get yeah, you to pick that thought up after the break. <laughs> so we- we'll be uh, right back. Uh, thank you for being with us. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice
0: America. You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernard E. Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to forum at ihdinc.org. Now back to the Leadership Forum.
1: Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for, for joining me. If you're just joining, you're listening to the Leadership Forum, and you're listening to myself and my guest today, Monica uh, Monica Green, who is the uh, chief and, and uh, the, the chief officer for Capital Village Schools, uh, a new and innovative approach to, to education. And just before our break, we were talking about uh, her philosophy of education and how it fit in, and the interesting part of what this young student shared many uh, years ago uh, with her with regard to making uh, education real, making the products real, making the process real, and we began to talk about a concept called expeditionary uh, learning. But before we get there, I wanted to make sure I didn't uh, short the discussion about how your philosophy related to your vision and the vision you have for Capitol Village School. So, if I left anything out there, Monica, please fill in any piece that uh, was left, and we'll move we'll move from there into a, a, another part of the discussion.
2: Sure. Yeah, I was just talking about how the courses would be thematic around real world sort of topics that kids can work on project based learning with mm-hmm. in partnership with community organizations. So, I was talking about an example, which might be a social justice course where students would work with maybe a law firm or capitol hill going capitol hill and look at lobbying and sort of a project that allows them to tackle a real world issue that they care about but also to blend in english you know reading writing yeah, speaking listening yeah. and and social studies as well so that the students are applying their knowledge to something that's real and tangible
1: terrific that that is terrific you know uh I, I am especially enthused, I don't know if that's a word, but I'm especially enthused <laughs> with the methodology that you've described uh, in your literature as well. The, the methodology to execute and achieve your vision, because it mm-hmm. sounds like innovation. Uh, and as you mentioned, the uh, the expeditionary and the personalized learning, as you're describing it now, it's a, it's a fascinating way to approach the learning process. And I think back to the young lady that you were mentioning and the idea that if she had something that was project-based that would allow her to understand how to pay her mortgage or, mm-hmm. or something that was relevant to her, the, the, the fact of things being relevant, they bring alive uh, the education. It makes it real. So I'm excited. So if you will, let's talk a little bit more about this expeditionary and personalized learning. Uh, and you begin to describe the method that you would use, for example, sending a young person to, to, to Congress, for example, and actually look at the process of lobbying. I wanted uh, you to describe some of the other methods that you and your staff will use to improve the learning experience for your students. Uh, f- uh, for example, I, I recall mentioning the interdisciplinary learning adventures, the partnerships that you mentioned uh, just briefly a minute ago, and the whole notion of focusing on the, on the whole child. So please describe what, what uh, the, the terms mean, expeditionary, personalized learning, and the whole idea mm-hmm. of the other approaches and methods that you're going to be using to help achieve your vision for the school and for these young people.
2: Yeah, so I can briefly go back to the expeditionary learning. And that just basically means, you know, learning by action, learning with... So it's it's sort of what project-based means, where students will be working towards a particular project. But it mm-hmm. more so just means that they're going to be doing real, real products or creating real products for real audiences. So mm-hmm. one example that I, I've taken from a, a partner school that I've been blessed to sort of learn from is, you know, a group of students who are learning how to write paragraphs. They're writing paragraphs about whatever topic that they decide to write about, but they're also doing it on a blog. So they're able to create these paragraphs using the, you know, the standards that they're trying to learn, but they're producing basically a blog post which okay. they're able to actually put out there for family friends and other students to comment on and etc. Another step might be they're creating a website, and the website is for a business that's a community partner. And so they're actually able to create this particular maybe it's a website or maybe it's a graphic design mm-hmm. for an actual company that we are partnered with. And so we're really trying to work with our community in DC and create mm-hmm. partnerships that kind of capitalize on our local resources and have the students go on field trips, but also bring guests in so that it's sort of a more of a community focus on
1: education. Good job. Well, Terrific. And you then know, I... when
2: you think about personalized learning, we're mm-hmm. using technology to, to make sure that kids don't have to all start at the same place. So, for instance, if we are able to get content from an online personalized learning platform We can have a class where 25 students are in the class with two teachers, but because we are using the technology to sort of help deliver the content, students can spend some of their time getting information online, which Mm -hmm. means that a student can be sitting next to another student who's on a different level as they are, or a different maybe reading level or a different math level, but Mm -hmm. still be able to work um, on a particular assignment at that level and be able to move them at the level that they can um, progress quickly through without having to wait for someone else to get the content or without having to have content delivered at a level that's too high for them. So we are able to meet a child where they are.
1: Terrific. You know, I, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking how in the traditional model, if you will, we would have to wait for the teacher to be able to do anything. And mm-hmm. here you have a really kind of unleashed the talent and the intelligence of these young people. I actually think about it in a more, in an even more practical way. I'm thinking about my, my one of my grandsons who loves the whole notion of gaming. Well, mm-hmm. the idea was that he had to graduate first, then try to search out a way to get into that area that he'd been interested in for since early as a teenager. But this learning experience would allow him to have Dive, dive right into that particular methodology and, and 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 even if he were not as skilled in one uh, discipline if you will the, the language discipline or the math discipline he would have had an actual way to kind of get excited and that might have spurred his improvement in the areas that he was perhaps struggling with a little bit more so, so the whole idea of unleashing if you will uh, my words the intelligence and the innate interests uh, of young people is an exciting proposition and it's one of those things that I think we all intuitively know is is useful the whole process as you're describing it now the methodology for having that happen and it leads me to a question that I had for later, but how are you going to Uh, Let's talk about this whole notion. How are you going to empower your teachers? I wanted to say train them, but but I want to start with the the notion of empower your teachers to lead and instruct. I I, I want to talk later about the training because that gets into this whole notion of teacher as leader, but let's talk about how you intend to empower teachers to lead and instruct, and in fact, uh, join with you in this leadership vision, this leadership process. Tell me about how you will uh, empower them to be designers and whatever else you decide to do to give them the latitude they need.
2: Yes, definitely. I, you know, I really am excited about the notion of teacher-led schools and schools where teachers have real voice and real say in what's going on in the school day. And so one of the things that we will do is we'll treat our teachers as partners but also as designers. So teachers will be able to design their their courses because, you know, if we're looking at students and what they need or what they're interested in, what we're gonna find is we're gonna find that students are going to have interest that we can sort of speak to in our course design. And okay. who better to design a course than the one that's actually working with the students? And so our teachers will be empowered to design curriculum for our application courses and work alongside students to develop projects and also with community organizations to develop these type of partnerships where they'll be able to really see the real products and the real audience that we're, we're looking for. Uh, in order to do that, our schedule is created to give teachers a good amount of time daily to work together. So a lot of schools, you have teachers working, and they have planning periods, but they're short, and they're often not with the other teachers that they teach with. So there's not a lot of time for the collaboration that's necessary to really innovate and really be creative. So our teachers, based on our schedule, will have 90 minutes at least of uninterrupted time that they can work with other teachers in order to design and to sort of iterate on what's going on in our application courses. So I'm really excited about that. That's been one of our big, big
1: pluses that we've been working on. So let me see if I can uh, ask a question here because if I'm getting this vision, if you will, this vision of this interdisciplinary uh, cohort and Mm -hmm. they are essentially thinking together to continue to be creative so if I'm teaching one class and you're teaching another we're beginning to think about how to collaborate in our learning process for these students that we have? Is that, is that a part of what I'm hearing?
2: Well, yeah, definitely we will have the opportunity to provide teachers with time to think through, not only like What's going on currently and how students are doing and what changes may need to be made to the courses or curriculum or school culture, but in thinking ahead and and also in our professional development. So Mm -hmm. as we're planning for our courses that are coming up next year, like the the following year or the following quarter, teachers will have time during the day to think through and to work alongside of other teachers to collaborate on that.
1: It sounds like a good bit of time because actually, if you in 90 minutes a day, you yeah. actually, in any given week, you've got a good bit of time together to uh, almost a, a, a workday worth of time to to, to be thinking. And one of the things I think about, and this is the trainer in me and the, uh, mm-hmm. the consultant in me, is the whole notion of helping them understand how to use that time. Well, that's a whole right. team piece, but that's another piece of discussion, if you will, but it's an important, uh, important dynamic. Let me ask yeah, you, yeah, let me ask you this. Give, give me a sense, if you will, of um, what are some of the unique types of courses teachers will design in your school. Now having said that, I want to say that one of the things that I'll chat about in a little bit is this whole notion of teacher uh, as leader, because one of the courses that I would want to suggest that'll come up, and I'll hold on to that a little bit, is that there needs to be something for the teacher, him or herself, to grow. But anyway, mm-hmm. give, me, give me a sense of what's, what's unique about the type of courses, beyond what you've already described, if you're adding on to it, we uh, will design in your school. Uh, and, and so I, I hear the partnership, I hear the, uh, the notion of partnering with community agents and agencies and the like, but tell me a little bit about the, yeah. the whole types of kind, the kinds of courses.
2: Sure, I'm excited to do that. I think one of the things I wanted to talk about right before I talk about that is how we will be using our planning year. We're very lucky to have Secured help from City Bridge Foundation to um, to fund the planning of these courses prior to the school opening, and so we'll be able to have teachers get together and and work on designing these courses um, a year, you know, during the year before we're actually open. And that's really exciting because that also relieves some of the pressure that a teacher has um, that they're not designing as they're trying to teach the courses. Exactly. But Wonderful. some examples of course, is uh, one of my favorite would be an entrepreneur class that I hope that we'll make sure that our sixth graders take and where sixth graders will use standards from English, standards from math, standards from social studies to design a, a product or a business and then be able to work through that throughout the year and then have sort of a a flea market or a sale of some sort at the end of the year. Uh, this is something that I took from Acton Academy. They do this every year. They have an entrepreneur fair where students work to develop a product and then to sell it and try to see, you know, how well they deal with their finances by the end of the, uh, end of the year. Okay, <laughs> and then okay. another example might be a poetry class where students are working on... Um, creative writing and then performing the poetry in but like a Bus and Poets in D.C. Yeah. or something of that nature.
1: So we have a, po- a poet. Yeah, a po- and one a, more because
2: I'm I'm English yeah, that, so I'm starting to <laughs> lean to the English side. Um, we, like, we do like a, a NASA partnership where students are learning about space, space science and right. designing sort of a plane.
1: Cool. Well, you know, I, I didn't want to stop you at all but I got excited <laughs> myself because I'm thinking about this notion of now, these guys they don't, they don't need coffee. We have a little coffee and we have a, a poet, uh, a poet, poet off, if you will, a poet, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, poem exactly. off. You know, <laughs> we could get some books and we kind of get a little cheers and go at it, but uh, I, I'm envisioning that that wonderful little event where everybody's kind of sharing their poets, their poems, and mm-hmm. getting excited about it. So that's really cool. But it, it again, yeah. it's real products, uh, right. real. Uh, work that leads somewhere. I'm excited about the whole notion of the entrepreneur piece because that's where I think young students and young people need to understand that they, in fact, in some cases, are the product and they can be, integrate and think for themselves outside of the box. Now, yeah. you mentioned you, you mentioned community uh, partnerships. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and how will you leverage the community partnerships at Capital Village Schools? In every school setting, one or One of the key constituents is uh, the stakeholders or are the stakeholders, the parents and others. So how are you going to work uh, to manage those those relationships? But I think what we want to do, we want to get ready to take a break, and Mm -hmm. we'll pick that up on the other side of the break. So stay tuned, everyone. We've got more to come.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here.
0: Voice America Business Network.
3: It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA PressPass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of leadership development news. Hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. the bottom line in business.
0: You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernardi Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to leadershipforum at I-H-D-I-N-C Now, back to the Leadership Forum.
1: Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for staying with me and staying with us. My guest today is Monica Green. She's the founder and chair chairwoman, chairperson of Capital Village Schools. And I wanted to, and we left off after the break, uh, talking about the partnerships between Capital Village Schools. But I want to just preface that beginning of that discussion again with a, with a desire to get back to this whole idea of focusing on the whole child. I want to hear more about that, and, and I'm excited about that. I'll tell you why when we get there. But, Monica, we were leaving with just uh, kind of picking up a little piece on this whole idea of leveraging community partnerships uh, for your schools. So talk a little bit about that
2: sure we're we're making it a priority at Capitol Village to connect with community organizations so that you know includes businesses, churches, obviously the parents and uh, other caring adults who volunteers and college students but also the businesses and arts organizations that exist here in DC it's well, we're making it a priority we actually we actually have a position on our budget that's main position or main job is to seek out and create these strategic partnerships and maintain them. And so one example I've used previously in my teaching career is Joy of Motion Dance Theater, which is in D.C. They're an awesome, awesome program, and they will come into the school and work with either the theater or the physical education department or even the English department and and work with movement with the students. And that's uh, something that, that I've been able to work with them for no cost, but right. working with the students to sort of bring in an, uh, an experience that we would not normally have. Another mm-hmm. example is the Folger Shakespeare Library. I have had a... Wonderful time working with them to bring in experts and also take the students out to see you know, Shakespeare plays, Shakespeare performances, but also to work with kids, how to use sort of active theater techniques to understand Shakespeare. And so our priority will be on making this a part of the curriculum as opposed to just like a special thing that kids do from time to time.
1: So just a routine part of the way mm-hmm. that you guys, if you will, do business, do the educational business at Capitol Village Schools. Yes, that's a good way to okay. put it, definitely. Focusing on the whole child, I want to have you dig in a little bit more on that and tell us what, what does that really mean.
2: Sure. So in two different ways, we're really focused on developing the child as a whole. One of the ways is we know that, you know, a student, no matter what, like, curriculum you have at a school, no matter what the staffing is, no matter what the leadership is like, students come to school with baggage, that needs to be addressed in order for them to learn. So, like, you know, if a child was recently evicted from their apartment, you know, it doesn't really matter what curriculum you're using in class. If that's not being addressed or if that's not being dealt with in some way, that kid has a real roadblock to their learning. And so we have on staff, we will have on staff at Capital Village a person who is specifically there To make sure that we're able to attend to students' mental, emotional needs, um, respond to trauma, respond to loss, and things like that so that, you know, the teachers are able to share the load of, you know, emotionally ministering to children as we're trying to teach them. And so that's just a big focus. We've made it a priority by making sure we have the funding there to support that.
1: Then well, another you
2: know. piece of that is mm-hmm. the mentoring. The students will okay. me that they mentor once a week, which will be, you know, some staff member a teacher. It could be, <clears throat> it could be a behavior um, tech. It could be a principal, a assistant principal. So a, a person that is there that has their their name as a part of their caseload and be able to check in with them weekly to make sure that they're able to progress through this new innovative curriculum.
1: Well, you know, I, and, and, I, and there's probably a whole lot more to be said. I, I can recall myself growing up in D.C. The whole notion of uh, we came from all kinds of issues at home, but we had to tough it out and make a move the best we could. Uh, mm-hmm. There was just in, in, except for our friends, if you will. But this whole idea right. of in the picture that I'm hearing you uh, point out in terms of focusing on the whole child, it's almost like the child is in the middle of the mix. He Mm -hmm. or she, the life of the school, of course, the school's that run, but the life of school is really focused on the child and focused on what the child needs to be successful. I think it's part of the whole discussion we're having in terms of being innovative because at the end of the day, this human resource will have an impact on the world. And Should they be led well and be nurtured well, we have someone who's going to add mightily to the, the, the livelihood that we experience in our community so that whole idea and again I, I know there's probably a whole lot more you could say on the <laughs> focusing on, on, on the whole child but I, I, got, I guess we get, we get the idea and if there's anything else you want to add I want you to go on and be able to do that because I'm going to ask you a couple of more questions that are important to have us talk about in today's show.
2: Well, one of the things that I hear often when talking about this to parents is how will my child adjust from a traditional school system to a mm-hmm. school like this? And one of the things that we have built into our, our model is a gradual release. So students that are coming in in sixth grade, you know, won't get thrown into a fully personalized, you know, learning experience. Uh, okay. We will be able to... Uh, give them, you know, an orientation, training, and, and mentoring that helps them to gradually be able to take more ownership of their learning so that by the time they get to eighth grade, you know, these students are really having a say in their schedule, their day, their classes, but it's not happening all at one time. So we definitely okay. want to make sure that kids are successful.
1: Sounds like you're teaching them how to be responsible and teaching them how to be accountable for their own learning.
2: Yes, if, definitely. If, that's okay. our goal.
1: Let me uh, let me just say this to, for those who are listening, certainly invite you to call in and chat with us. We'd certainly like to field any question you have, especially like uh, to have our teachers out there who uh, either are or are intending to be, to not only know about Capitol Village Schools, but to call in and, and enjoy and engage uh, and enjoy the conversation that we're having here. And I hope you're enjoying the listening experience. I want to talk about, as we kind of turn a corner here, This whole notion of the teacher as leader, leading those who need it most. Now, the reality is that there are other very important roles in the world that are critical to our existence and and our growth and our maintenance as people. But I believe that perhaps none is more important in our lives than those who are teachers. Now, in this regard, teachers possess, again, a powerful platform to be leaders and to create a model that is needed more than ever. I noticed that teacher is leader and and the teacher has a role of influence, which in fact is the very essence of what leadership is and does, it is to influence folk. I wonder how you see the role of leader and what you have and are learning about leadership, which leads me to the question, what have you learned about leadership thus far in your young career? Uh, And what is it that you'd want to say about the role of leadership as you see it in your school? Hmm, There's a couple of of different questions, what have you learned about about leadership thus far in your young career? You've got a developing entity here, so what are you learning and what might uh, you share with our listening audience? Yeah, I'm
2: definitely learning a lot, and one of the things that I've learned especially through this process, is that, you know, to be a leader, you don't have to know everything. (laughs) Often, I think we sort of have this picture of leader as, like, authority on a subject or, you know, authority in the workplace where, you know, I feel like I've learned that if I'm able to to recognize what I don't know and, and, and leverage the, the people that are on my team that have the expertise and experience that I don't have. I'm actually really really much better off and so I've learned to become comfortable with saying, you know, I don't know about right, this particular right. question or right. I would like to know more about mm-hmm. this particular subject because the leader doesn't have to be the, like, the authority and knowledge of everything. And So Absolutely. that's been a very important concept I think.
1: Good deal. Let me let me add to what you're mentioning there because uh, there are a couple of quotes I have that relate to what you just mentioned. One is that if you are the smartest person as a leader in the room, you've got a problem. Uh, really, the second one is, there's a quote that goes something like this. When I was becoming a leader, it was all about me. Now that I am a leader, it's all about them. and And it's really about the folks who, you are leading the, the simple notion is leadership is about people, bottom line, and almost to a period. So the whole idea of not necessarily or being comfortable, if you will, with knowing that you don't know everything, because you're an orchestrator, if you will, of the movement and, and unleashing the power that your uh, teachers need which would some of these processes that you would describe described will do, that's where the magic comes from in empowering them to be the leaders along with you. Now, yeah. I, I want to say a couple of other things, and, and, I, and I propose, I guess I believe it as well, uh, that more and more of the teacher training focus, and this is not necessarily talking about Capitol Village schools only, but more and more of the teacher training focus, that is the whole curriculum, should be on the dynamics of leadership as a part of their roles and the roles that they could and perhaps should play in the lives of children they teach. Stated differently, I wonder if we would begin to think about the fact that teachers are leaders. I recall very very clearly that in my life uh, as a a little bit uh, older person now, there's one teacher who sticks out in my mind, there's several, but there's one teacher in elementary school that i'll never forget her name is mrs N- uh, Mrs. nelson uh, mrs nelson i always remember uh, she was cute teacher too by the way but anyway beyond that <laughs> she was really uh, a good teacher and i i mean i'm a little bit older but i've never forgotten mrs nelson because whether she knew it or not she was my leader she was a leader so it was really important for me to to say that because it picks up on this idea. Now, there are a couple of other thoughts I want to kind of make sure I get into, and, and that is, is there anything that you'll do at Capitol Village Schools that you will do to enable your teachers and your students to be effective leaders? I mean, that may be a question out of left field a little bit, but it may be something you want to think about. But is there anything that you'll do or can think of that you might include beyond what you've already described that you'll use to enable your teachers and your students to be effective leaders?
2: Well, you know, I, that brings to mind some of the work that we've done about sort of how we will govern the school and how teachers will have real real roles and responsibilities of leadership. So, you know, it doesn't make sense for the, the top to sort of make all the decisions. Um, right. It does make a lot of sense for the teachers who are with the students from a daily basis to make decisions around, like, curriculum, around what we're doing with our, our, our scheduling and our pacing and things like that. And so okay. one of the things that we will do is we'll have a design of, of shared leadership where we'll have teachers and committees that are making real decisions, um, such you know. as discipline. Like, you know, it doesn't make sense for me, the person that's the farthest removed from the student yeah. to make yeah. decisions about discipline. So Absolutely. we'll have a discipline committee, you know, made up okay. of teachers who, okay. you know, want to sort of do that. And that's something I learned as well okay. as a leader. It's about okay. empowering the team to be a um a leader as well.
1: Good deal. And, um, Good deal. Yeah, we're coming we're coming up we're coming up on a closing break here in a minute, but I wanna get a few thoughts uh I want to just cover a couple of points Uh, for those of you who are young leaders, and the Leadership Forum is your platform for an ongoing leadership learning experience and for becoming both effective and successful about the art of leadership. Uh, I'd like you to stay connected as we build this community of leaders, and I hope that uh, Monica, you'll uh, agree to kind of keep tuned in with us as we learn more and more about leadership. Always remember that everything in life rises or falls based on the quality of leadership. I want to say a couple of things before we close, or will get towards a closing point. Uh, one, I want to say that I've enjoyed tremendously your being with us today. And as we near the end of our program, uh, I'd just like to point out that there are schools around the country who are looking to see and do what you're doing. And I hope that you'll take leadership in that regard. The teachers of leader is something that I and the forum will continue to pitch and explore. Now, as you uh, heard today, you've heard a lot of information. You can find out more information about how to be in contact with uh, Monica uh, at her different platforms, her website, the Twitter account, and Facebook. She's at at Cap Village PS on Twitter. She's at Capital Village Schools on Facebook. So I want you to know that. As we begin to close, uh, I wanted to be sure that you tune in next week, uh, our show is on decision making. The title is Good Decision Makers Get Hired, Poor Decision Makers Get Fired. Mm-hmm. If you are a leader or make decisions of any kind, you'll want to tune in. We have a few other shows that are coming up after that that we'll be talking about. We're going to have a show on conversations with government managers and leaders and talk about the challenges and opportunities and even a program a little later on the woman, the woman who's in, women in leadership. Now. As listeners, ask yourself this question, how can I apply what I've heard today and show uh, it and in, in, in demonstrate it in my work? Uh, how can I make a difference in the lives of others through the quality of my leadership? What I'd like to do is to have you have an outstanding day and an even better week. I'd like you to know that we appreciate you being here and want to ask you to come and join us again. I'm Bernard Robinson. And you've been a part of the leadership forum. I look forward to seeing and hearing from you next week. Please send me an email uh, and make sure you tell us what you'd like to suggest and questions you may have. In the meantime, Monica, I want to thank you so very much for joining me today. Uh, it's been a wonderful experience. And if you will, I hope that you'll come back in six months, nine months and tell us where you are and how you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Terrific. It's been a pleasure, and I wish you the very best, and the forum wishes you the very best. And uh, we're here to kind of hear how your progress goes. So you have a great day as well. Uh, Have a blessed day as well. And again, uh, we'll look forward to connecting up with uh, our our listening audience next week. Again, you've been tuned into the Leadership Forum. See you next week on the radio. This is Bernard Robinson. (music)
0: Thank you for listening to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Be sure to join Bernardi e. Robinson for another edition of the program next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We wish you an outstanding week.